So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. We hold these truths to be self-evident. If our enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. This is episode 9. It is 8th of September of 2021. I hope you guys are having a fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is. Thank you for letting me crush your earbuds or your ear holes or your speakers, whatever it is that we are coming through right now. I guess it's actually all speakers. They're all speakers. Yeah. So I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I want to say thank you so much because we have actually done something really great over the last week. We have hit top 10 in the world for podcasts. That is right. Not top 10 in news, not top 10 in, in news commentary, but top 10 of overall podcasts on Spotify. As of yesterday, we were 10th in the world and Ben Shapiro was 11th. That made me feel pretty good because he's pretty much the king of news commentary podcast style uh, stuff like this. And I felt pretty good. I guess the fact that if you speak the truth, people will listen. I'm always going to say that because it is it is true. If you go out there and you speak honestly about what your, what your intentions are and what you're trying to entail like what we're doing on this podcast people tend to listen a little bit better because they can see through the bullshit but i just want to say thank you so much as of right now when i'm i'm currently recording this we are sitting in 14th in the world but we are number one in the news category still which is absolutely phenomenal so thank you so much we couldn't have done it without you spread the word tell your friends listen to this thing what's what try to get it would be crazy to be in the top 10 again and just kind of maintain that that would be absolutely insane but and if we don't thank you either way for listening to this podcast today is the 8th of september of 2021 like i said we are three days out from the anniversary the 20th anniversary of september 11th which is a horrific and terrible thing in our history as most of you guys do know but with that being said thank you so much for spending this morning with me or this afternoon whichever it is if you're sitting on the toilet listening to this, I'm, I'm going to heed that you seek medical uh, attention because if you're sitting there for 40 minutes listening to this thing, you probably need to seek some medical aid or, and or attention because that is quite a long time to sit on the toilet. But if you guys did not know, Biden's muscle is questioned amid falling poles, just like if you were dropping a deuce in the toilet. That is the exact same thing that is happening to his polling numbers. It is absolutely taking a dip, a dive, a nosedive. Head first off a cliff, as I would say. NewsHour Maris poll published last week showed Biden's approval rating dropped to a 36% in August from 46% in July among independents, while a Washington Post news poll showed 36% of independents approve of Biden overall, while 57 disapprove of his overall uh, handling of everything that's going on. The poll showed Biden's overall approval rating at a 43 and 44% respectively lowest of his presidency. So why this is a big deal? Well, for the absurd fact that 57% of independents don't approve, they disapprove of everything that's going on. That's a pretty, pretty big deal. And his approval rating being at 43%, he was sitting at 56% before all this started. So over the month, month and a half, he has dipped a whopping 13 points. That's pretty terrible. A lot going on with that. California election, this whole recall over there has a big deal. They really want to make sure that they do it. Kamala Harris is over there right now. What she should be doing stuff for America, but she's more worried about if they lose 
Gavin Newsom loses that seat over there, that they're absolutely screwed, blue, and tattooed going into uh, the rest of his term in office. In all honesty, Kamala should be worried more about like the border and shit that's going on in Afghanistan or just anywhere else in the world. But she's currently worried about California. So that's why she's over there with Newsom right now, uh, walking around, screaming that, that Larry Elder is a apparent racist. Um, that's that's the big thing over there, I guess, right now, that he is... Uh, he is filled of white supremacy, even though he's a black man in California. Very confusing times over there. They don't know who is a man or a woman. They also cannot tell who is black and or white. But you know what's good about his uh, approval ratings being in the absolute uh, shitter is the fact that the stock market loves it. You guys do not know, over history since 1970, uh, the, the stock market tends to, to almost actually give a almost 13% return if a president's approval rating is below 50%. And the reason for that is, I, after reading this article, kind of made a little bit more sense, is the fact that if it is low, a president's approval rating is low, the fact of the matter is they're not going to do anything crazy in outlandish. They're not going to go out there and try to push these crazy bills and try to get crazy things going on, like this Green New Deal they're talking about, that that's not going to really go through. And and they know it, so they're not going to be able to spend. He's, he's up there right now touting a $3.5 trillion spending bill is, is like his thing for his legacy right now and this Green it, anyway, it doesn't really matter. I'm just letting you know. That's why you may see some pretty good returns, I guess, on the stock market. That's what this article is talking about. Since 1970, average is 13% returns when it's below 50%. It does make a little bit of sense if you were to think about it. So I thought that was pretty neat and would share it with you guys. He also had a, I'm sure you guys have seen it, but there was a ton of these stadiums that were packed, these college football games that were screaming and chanting the entire stadiums. I'm talking entire stadiums that were chanting, fuck Joe Biden. That is real. That actually happened. Type it in on Google, anywhere. Tons of them. Tons of videos of it. Which I personally find a little bit interesting because he is supposed to be the most popular president of, of our time. And uh, he is absolutely just getting crushed by people on social media, which really doesn't make too much sense to me. But you know what? We'll go ahead and move on past that. I, I, we're done talking about Joe Biden. We all know that he is pretty much a useless, worthless human being in office. And he's more or less just a puppet for what is really going on. I mean, there was a bunch of people that were heckling him up in New Jersey as he was trying to walk around, get his photo op, and push this $3.5 trillion spending bill. Basically, he was saying that if you spend $3.5 trillion, uh, we can move some roads out of the way. We can do some stuff, which is good. That kind of stuff's fine. But then I guess you can also create jobs and stop the clouds from forming, and we won't have any more storms. And we'll also cool the earth is his big thing. I, I don't I don't really know how three and a half million dollars, excuse me, $3.5 trillion cools the earth, but apparently if you put, you, you could build a big, big, massive fan, I guess. All right, we're done with that one. Let's go ahead and move on. Did you guys know that there was new documents that showed that Dr. Fauci has been keeping us from the truth? This is from the New York Post and it's an opinion article. But uh, as you guys do know, I was talking about this yesterday. The Intercept had put out a 900 page, trans well, it was, they, they acquired 900 pages of it. And it's really long. I read the entire thing and I was like, wow, I'm just going to give you guys cliff notes. If you guys want to go read more about it, you guys can, but I'm going to give you a little bit more on cliff notes right now. So pretty much details in there that there was a bunch of records that grants... I guess that the U.S. government scientific agencies gave to an outfit called EcoHealth Alliance, which funneled some of that money to the research of Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. So in May, Fauci insisted that the U.S. has never, ever, never, ever, 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 and does not now fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan Institute of Virology. FAPC defines gain-of-function so narrowly that altering mutant viruses doesn't count that is directly from senator ron paul or rand paul excuse me and as we do know fauci has lied again over and over again 
If you were wanting to know more about that story, you guys can listen to yesterday's podcast and you guys will know a little bit more about the lag loop theory that is seems to be quite true. There was $599,000 that was given to the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology to study, um, I believe it was like the gain of function on these bats and how the coronavirus spreads and viruses spread and whatnot. And it's kind of hard to, to not see that it really did actually come out of, you can't tell me it didn't come out of one of those and not a wet market or whatever else people probably think it was. And we're talking about communist China here. So they had enough time to destroy any type of evidence as of now. And if we just would have looked at it out the gate, I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of weird though. Cause I think, I think it was the bad orange man is what people would say. I think he's the one that said that it came out of a lab and everybody said no. It's kind of fun just to see see it all kind of like lay out. Then we look back a year and a half later and we're like, oh man, I guess if we just didn't hold like a biased opinion towards who was in office at the time, we probably could have got a lot more done. Like if, if they weren't to go research it now, they're not going to find anything because China has destroyed everything that would have leaked or even said that the leak had came from the Wuhan lab. There you go. If you guys did not know this, Dr. Fauci, there's a lot of people that are asking him to resign. You know, he's not going to. That man loves himself a camera. Gets on there, talks, throws that mask on, um, talks about needles. I mean, he's pretty good. He's, he loves a camera. So if you guys didn't know, there's booster shots of, of Pfizer are going to be coming out here by uh, the week of September 20th. If you guys haven't got your first two doses, your first dose of whichever one, Johnson & Johnson, whatever it is. Guess I haven't even got those. Don't even worry about the booster shots. Um, but they're coming. They are coming. They're coming hot and heavy. I don't know if I'm going to get one. I have no idea. I don't really understand the need for it as of right now. I, I think the ones I have have done pretty well. Um, they'd have to explain to me why I would need a booster shot. Kind of strange because I got that shot. What was it? I got both of them in, in April because I'm, t- I'm doing an international trip for all you guys that do know. So I had to get the, the vaccine to go international. And if I got it like, what, five months ago? I mean, are we going to have to re-get a shot every six months? I don't know. I talked about yesterday. There was another one called the Moo strain that's coming out that is in all 49 or it's in 49 states right now. And I don't know. I think this is just something we have to click on every single day and just see what's going on because it's like the same thing. But then after I was looking up that, I saw another thing. Another article was talking about children make up more than a quarter of the weekly U.S. COVID-19 cases. Okay. Well, I can make a little bit of sense. They're going back to school. Makes makes some sense, right? So I went to reading. Did a little bit of reading. Quite a bit of reading this morning on this, actually. Because I was kind of interested, you know, my six-year-old daughter, she is in school. And there's no mask mandate at the school she's at. So I was kind of wondering, man, let's take a let's, let's read a little bit, you know, let's try to research some. <sighs> in each of the previous two weeks, children represented about 22% of the weekly reported cases. Okay, that's up. That's up significantly, I, I guess. And uh, as, I, as I got the reading through this article, you have to get about three quarters of the way down. It does say, despite the alarming rising cases, it still appears that severe illness due to COVID-19 is uncommon among children at this time. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's kind of that's nice. So then I'll read down some more. It says, Sar, so far more than uh, 5 million children have total have tested for COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic, representing 15% of all cases in the United States. I was like, man, that's 5 million kids. That's a lot. And I was thinking to myself, man. How many have actually died? And then I got to reading even more. It just keeps going and going. This is this is why I want to tell you guys, when you guys read something, a headline, especially like that, you, you probably want to dig in a little bit more. And three quarters of the way through every single one of these articles, you generally will find what's actually going on. And most people probably, I would assume, don't read the entire thing. They read the humans are kind of, I call them, they're like lemmings and goldfish uh, in, in a sense. Lemmings, if you guys don't know what a lemming is, there's a rodent that literally will follow another rodent off a cliff. And I... Humans are kind of like that at times. And same thing with goldfish. Goldfish have a very short memory span. So a lot of times 
I think it has to do with how fast our phones are and social media and stuff. We kind of sift through stuff really fast. And if it kind of loses interest, we go on to the next thing. I think it's kind of like how these articles are written in a sense. So I, I read, I read this and it's kind of even, it's kind of, it's like, meanwhile, cases numbers for the rare complication linked to COVID-19 in children, multi-system inflammatory syndrome. While it's rare, this, that syndrome tends to appear a few weeks after a child has been infected. And I was like, oh my God, it, that those case numbers are up too. What are the case numbers? I was like, the number of cases counted through August 22nd represented a 6% increase from July. And I was like, oh gosh, this is coming up pretty bad. Then I read it. As of August 22nd, 41 children have died from that. That is terrible. It is a very rare syndrome, but 41 children. And I was like, hold on a sec, 41 out of 5 million? No, this whole article was writ- written with 41 out of 5 million? I don't even need to do the percentage to tell you what what point zero 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 whatever whatever it is. I was like, okay, well, maybe they're talking about something else. So I did a little bit more research. And this one's pretty widespread. I kind of want to know how many kids have actually died from it. I was like, okay, let's find out. Let's 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 take a look. So there's been five million fifty thousand kids that have had COVID. Okay, that's that's a lot. It's a lot of kids. And then it said uh, hospitalizations. I was I was like, okay, let's take a gander at those. The ranges are much, um, they're kind of wide, I guess. The amount of kids that have been hospitalized because of this, it also doesn't stay if there's anything wrong with the kid, if they had something, some type of uh, immune deficiency, or if they had something wrong with them at the time. It just states how many, how many, what, what it was. It was 0.1% to 1.9%. All those kids ended up in the hospital. I was like, okay, well, that's, that's kind of a wide range. And then I, I want to know, what are the mortality rates? So I looked that up. This, 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 is, this sent me down a rabbit hole, as you guys can tell. And among the states of reporting... All COVID-19 deaths for, for, for kids in the states are reporting. It was a, this is a real number. I'm not lying to you. This is on, I can give me one second. It is on American Academy of Pediatrics. So this is, this is, this is real. This is not like CNN or somewhere else. Um, it says that in states reporting, it is a 0.00 percentage to 0.03 of all COVID-19 cases in children have related in death. Oh my gosh. So that got me thinking even more. So I like did the numbers and I was like, okay, so you have 5 million. So 0.03% is 150,000 kids. So you're telling me that there's been zero to 150,000 children that have been killed by COVID-19. And I got the thing and I was like, if it was 150,000, I don't believe, I don't believe that number to be correct because that would probably be a very large headline because right now they're, they're touting a headline that children make up more than a quarter of the weekly COVID-19 cases. That's the headline. But when you read in more into it, they're really, there's nothing really there yeah they make up COVID-19 cases but it's the same thing from the beginning of this thing that it's not really affecting them that much it's just I don't know I'm only speaking on it I do think it's pretty terrible that 41 kids have had died um I I, I do know that that's that's terrible but I, I'm just trying to just tell you guys what, what the facts are out there my daughter goes to school every single day I hope nothing happens to her or friends or anything like that but just telling you guys what it is it is what it is so if you guys see a headline like that read through it do a little bit of research and you'll find out what the actual numbers are and for some reason that the number says 0.00% to 0.03. So you're looking, it could be 0.00007 for all we know. I, we know they don't have, actually have a clue. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. I'm pretty excited about this next one. This gets into the stuff I really know. I know a little bit about war and, and, and Afghanistan and, and stuff like that. So you guys that don't know, four Taliban members who were swapped for Bo Bergdahl are now in Afghan government. You heard me correct. The traitorous piece of shit, Bo Bergdahl. Yes, he was a traitor. He was a Afghan, or excuse me, not Afghan. He was a Taliban sympathizer. He was a he was an actual piece of shit. I'm going to explain a little bit to you guys. Maybe you, you may not know a lot of this. 
I hope that the, they talk about this. This is actual news. This is not an opinion article. This is nothing. I like the fact that I, I didn't know what the New York Post really was prior to making these podcasts. And after looking at a lot of their stuff, they make it very obvious on their post. Like very obvious. It's not like other news outlets. It literally will say news or it'll say opinion. It's very big. It's not buried deep into the thing where it says like, oh, this was an opinion by fucking Margaret from, from Harvard or some shit. This is literally, it says news or opinion. I like that. That's good. I'm not saying that they're the best news outlet. I just ran an article. So four of the five Taliban members released from Guantanamo Bay by the Obama administration in 2014 in exchange for an admitted U.S. Army deserter, Bo Bergdahl, are part of the Islamic fundamentalist group, New Hardline Government in Afghanistan. Yes, that is right. You heard me correct. Piece of shit, Bo Bergdahl. Oh my gosh. I could tell you guys some stories. I've actually said it on YouTube. I'm sure the videos are out there. He is a mega piece of shit and a little bit about him. He deserted in 2000 and I think it was 2009. Let me look here. Yeah, June 30th of 2009. He deserted. And when I mean deserted, he was at his post. And this is this is true stuff. This is all stuff you can find online. This is not me being biased about it. I just know a lot about it because I was in the same province of him as he was in in 2012. And we had tons and tons of intel coming in that there was a white American that was going around giving IED classes to the local little Taliban group. Well, he was one of their sympathizers. And I know this for a fact. There's no other white American in Afghanistan at the time that I was there in the same province that he was taken out of, by the way. This is not a joke. I was in Paktika. I was down there on the border. That's that's the border on the Pakistan border that we were doing, cutting off the drug and gun routes coming in and the human smuggling shit coming in from Pakistan. So this is kind of a big deal. If you guys did not know this, you guys can actually go read his emails to his parents. This was on June 27th of 2009. He says stuff like, let's go ahead here. My battalion commander was a conceited fool in the U.S. Army. You are cut down for being honest. But if you are a conceited, brown-nosing shitbag, you'll be allowed to do whatever you want. You will be handled your higher rank. The system is wrong. I am ashamed to be an American. And the title of U.S. soldier is just lie of fools. The U.S. Army is the biggest joke and the world has to laugh at. Yeah, right now, the go- our government is, but I'll, I'll agree, but you're a fucking shitbag for saying this. It is the army of liars, backstabbers, fools, and bullies. I am sorry for being here. There are people that need help, yet, man, what they get is most conceited country in the world telling them that they're nothing and that they are stupid and that they have no idea how to live. I'm going to go ahead and just pause it there. If you guys want to go read the rest of this email, you guys can. It's online. Uh, but it, this, I'm just giving you guys a backstory of Bo Bergdahl if none of you guys known. But in 2009, on June 25th, Bergdahl's battalion suffered his first casualty. First Lieutenant Brian Bradshaw was killed by roadside bomb near the village of Yaya Kel. By the way, I actually know this, and I when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, that's not far from Bergdahl's outpost. And I was, I was sitting there thinking, so if you were to read this, you probably wouldn't even know how to say it. But I know it because I was in that area. I've been to there. I've been to the town. I've been to the village. I've been all through there. Yaya Kel. I know exactly where this is at. It's a southeastern central afghanistan it's on in paktika province i spent four months there um and when i went there this is the crazy thing when i went there no u.s forces had been there in years and this this was pretty much i don't think anybody was down there after bo bergdahl had disappeared he walked off his his camp i don't know if you guys know this i guess i probably should have said at the beginning it's kind of worked up over his bullshit email so this is directly according to a fellow soldier specialist jason fry bergdahl whom fry described as a loner but focused on and he was focused and well-behaved, told him before deploying to Afghanistan, if this deployment is lame, I'm just going to walk off into the mountains of Pakistan. Instead of socializing with his comrades during Thanksgiving, he studied maps of Afghanistan. Kind of weird. 
And Bo, Bo apparently began to learn to speak Pashto. Uh, he gravitated away from his unit, spending more time with the Afghans than he did with his actual platoon. Bo Bergdahl walked away from his battalion at the night of June 30th, 2009 at OP Mest near the town of Yayakel in Paktika province. There you go. There's a little bit about this shitbird. I don't care what anybody says. I knew he was in our area in 2012. I knew he was helping. He was aiding them. He can say whatever he'd like. He's a, he's a massive piece of shit. And he didn't get anything. He got disarmed. So this is the crazy thing. This is why it's so fucking crazy to me. And it gets me really heated. So we traded these guys who are now these four Taliban members of the five that were swapped for this piece of shit. This guy who's a mega coward. We, we, why did we trade this? The Obama administration did this. This happened. This is going to make a lot of people mad when I talk about this. Because that was one of, the, one of the worst things that Obama has done for our military and our image as a country. You guys do not know, the four of the Taliban five who had joined the new government are acting director of intelligence. Uh, I'm not going to say their names because they're all shitheads. One is an acting minister of borders and tribal affairs. There's a defense minister. And then there's an acting minister of information and culture. And the fifth one is actually appointed to governor of the Eastern Coast Province last month. So all five of those are in some sort of role in the new Taliban government. Yes, these are mega shitheads. And we traded a traitorous bastard shithead. Like, like I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm just getting a little irritated with this guy. My apologies. If you have kids in the car, my my apologies. I got kind of worked up over this guy. He's just, he's just, we, we gave, we gave these guys back for a guy that ended up just getting dishonorable discharge, reduced his rank to private, and he was fined a thousand months from his pay from 10 months with no prison time. Yes, no prison time whatsoever we traded this guy for literally no reason and which is crazy is they always say no american stranded left behind but we left all these people in afghanistan and yet we trade five murdering shitheads for this guy all right we're done with it i'm sorry in my eyes we should have just left him over there or he should have got life in prison when he came back if we really wanted to get him back like what was the reason of getting him back there was no reason no fucking reason the new Afghan government named an interior minister and he's on the actual U.S. sanction list, which is somewhat kind of strange, but not super shocking. So you have a brutal terrorist organization put one of their cabinet uh, on, on this U.S. sanction list. Also, one of them is, is a, uh, has a, I think it's, I believe, a $5 million bounty on his head. Two of them do. One is a $10 million, one is a $5 million. Uh, one was, is Haqqani himself and the other one is Haqqani's, I think it's his uncle. Good. And people want to make them a, a legit government. But they want to state, in the future, all matters of governance and life in Afghanistan will be regulated by the laws of holy Sharia. Yes, that is right. The ones that will count are cut off your hands and pluck your eyes out and stone you to death. That is, that is what they're doing. And if you guys don't know, students across Afghanistan have started returning to the universities for the first time since the Taliban stormed and took power. If you guys do not know, females are now segregated in the classrooms with a sheet or a wall between the men. Because some some way or another, seeing a man in a classroom is not allowed. Women were also banned from doing any type of sporting activities now in Afghanistan by the Taliban. They're off to a good start with this new government and their laws. <sighs> and it just came across my phone that Joe Rogan is suing CNN. That is good job for you, Joe Rogan, for sticking it to him. I, I, they're spreading. What did he say? This is kind of interesting. I want to read this. It literally just popped up on my phone. He says they're making shit up. Joe Rogan floats, oh, he floats suiting CNN for claiming he took a horse dewormer. All right. Yes, Joe Rogan. He says, do I have to sue CNN? Sue the absolute shit out of them if you need to. If they're spreading false stuff, why not? Oh, I also didn't know that Dr. Fauci actually told Acosta that disinformation like being spread by Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan is one of the enemies of public health. So Joe Rogan is now the enemy of public health, everybody. As of this morning, it just came across my phone. So Joe Rogan, you are 
you are an enemy of public health. All right, so there you go. If you guys do not know, big things are going on over there in Afghanistan still. Taliban are just getting away with murder, literally. Actual murder. So we'll move on. You guys know who else is wanting to go into Afghanistan? Remember what I said? I think it was in episode one, in episode three and five and whatever it was when we were discussing how terrible and botched the, the pullout was. Yeah, Biden's pullout game is weak. Imagine if... Uh, well, you know, I'm just going to stop there. But China is weighing occupation of former U.S. airbase in Bagram. Yes, that is right. Our U.S. taxpaying dollars built a base in Afghanistan that China is going to take. It's the same base that I said... And many veterans had said, do not give up this base. We don't need to. We have bases in Iraq, Syria, everywhere around the world, in Germany, Japan, everywhere. It doesn't really matter. Just because you had a political stance to leave Afghanistan by a certain date doesn't mean that you need to do that. And I've said that multiple times. And now China wants to go in and occupy our former Bagram. Yes, that is right. That is wild to me. But that is good. Good for them. Bad for us. China is considering deploying military personnel and economic develop officials to Bagram Airfield. That is absolutely wild to me. I cannot, I can't believe that because I'm a random guy sitting here in Texas talking to a microphone in a room by myself. And I said that, that we needed to keep that airfield. U.S. government, we needed to keep it. We needed to keep it. We need to keep it. And now the almighty Chinese communist government is saying, you know what? We want a Bagram. We need Bagram in our life. So I'm the lonely man from Texas who saw more than our government could possibly see, apparently. Like I said, would never follow Joe Biden down a lit hallway. And if you guys did not know this, I don't know if you guys have looked at a map, but there's a very small portion of Afghanistan actually touches China. They do have, like, you would call them neighbors, but if you were looking at a map really fast, you would never see it. It is kind of interesting, though. Uh, We did leave a bunch of military stuff left behind. I would assume that the Chinese government has already sent people into If they've already been working on the relationship with the Taliban, why wouldn't the Taliban give the Chinese government the stuff that we left to try to reverse engineer? That's something that people have been talking about. All the stuff we left there, why aren't they going to reverse engineer it? I don't know how many of that stuff was actually super secret and whatnot. I really don't, but I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. If if China keeps going after the Taliban and the Taliban want to be known as like a, an actual, I guess they want to government, I guess you would say they want to be known as a legit government. And they're backed by the Chinese government, who does have quite a bit of money. And if you guys do not know this, China has been crushing it over this past year on exports and import. I mean, they're up like 35 or 40 percent. So they have plenty of cash. Hell, they just spent 20 million dollars to take down a statue. Like, you have enough money, 20 million. They built all these empty cities and are now starting to get filled. And I don't know. I just hope you guys can see through some of the stuff. China is going to, they're going to end up, if they go there and they occupy that airbase, we should have kept it. (sighs) Oh. So uh, if you guys didn't know that there's, there's a big thing going on in California with, I told you guys a little bit a while ago with Newsom and his, and you got Kamal Harris out there and you have Biden going out next week to help him, to try to help him. I really hope that Larry Elder does win. I, I do. I, I think it's good. I think it would be amazing. If you guys, this, these are, I'm bringing this up because it's kind of interesting because Newsom is always main, making the claim that California is a tax haven for the middle class. I don't, I don't understand where he's getting this. I don't know if maybe he's just so naive and incompetent, doesn't really understand what what taxes are or what the middle class even is. It it doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense at at all. So if you guys don't know this, uh, he's always stating he's always singling out Texas for some reason. Uh, I think he's you think he's just a little bit irritated with Texas because there's 173,000 people left California and are moving to Texas. 
And that's why I always see these things that say, don't, don't California, my Texas, don't come here and vote the way you voted over there and, and absolutely jack up this state, which is kind of, kind of funny in a sense. It's kind of strange though. If he says that California is a tax haven for the middle class and yet they have the highest marginal income, income tax rate of 13.3%. And then they have a bunch of my rate hidden taxes and they have a vehicle license fee at 0.65% cars va- of the car's value. Um, that's kind of crazy, which can cost a middle-class family in California a thousand or more just to have a car. They're taxing you for cars. And Texas doesn't have any income tax whatsoever. So right out the gate, we're already at roughly 14% tax rate less than California. So that's kind of strange. Do you guys know this? This is kind of crazy. These are kind of interesting numbers that Californians pay about 37.5% more for goods and services than the national average. That's pretty good. Good job. Hmm. And did you guys know that the average Texans cost of living is 8% below the national average? I could imagine why a lot of people would be leaving at almost 200,000 a year would be leaving California for Texas. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but that's what I'm saying. I think it'd be good if Larry Elder went in there and kind of changed it up and mixed things up in California. Because if you're listening to this in California, you really need some change, quite a bit of change. You have all these people in there that really are just kind of screwing you, especially when it comes to like San Francisco, the bigger cities with all the homelessness and everything else, and your money's really not going anywhere, and yet you're taxed at the highest rate of the nation. That's kind of wild to me as well. And you try to defund the police and all this kind of shit, you have massive riots. I don't know. I'm just saying. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on. Did you guys know there was a Minnesota man that was freed by Kamala Harris-supported bail fund now charged with murder? <sighs> a bail fund once backed by the vice president of, uh, of the United States free an alleged domestic abuser who is now accused of murder. George Howard, 48, allegedly became involved in a road raid altercation on the interstate Amsterdam before he shot another driver. Yes, that is right. Weeks after bailing out on domestic assault charges. And uh, Kamala Harris tweeted this out on June 1st of 2020. If you're able to check in now for the... Minnesota Freedom Fund to help bail uh, for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. This was during the all the riots. It, basically the same thing that I spoke about in yesterday's podcast. You haven't heard much about Antifa or BLM or gun like all this stuff, gun rights and gun violence and everything. Mainly because there's not an election going on. They'll also come back here in probably 2022 or maybe around 2023 is probably when all that will start to spur up again. But uh, she's going to be, this This will only be talked about for like a few days or a day or two. If you guys don't know about it, this is the same fund that she was backing and helping. Uh, he'd been, this guy, this guy had been let on $11,500 bond in connection with a domestic assault case since August 8th court's record show. And uh, the Minnesota Freedom Fund bailed him out. Yes, this goes back to what the, what, what in the hell, what, what is going on? Why, why, why are we bailing out these kind of people? Then he goes on and gets road rage and then kills somebody. So somebody's life was lost because once again, this administration thought it was the social justice warring right here. This is pretty much what that is. So, but anyway, the judge rejects Minneapolis ballot of language defunding the police. This is pretty good. This at least is, uh, this, this is something good that comes out of, um, Minneapolis hours after Minnesota judge rejected Minneapolis's ballot language that would have gotten rid of the city's police department. The city council held an emergency session to reword it and try to gain approval. So they really want to go after getting this approval. So this got be wondered, man, why are they doing this? This doesn't make any sense. The judge ruled that is unreasonable and misleading and she struck it down. So after reading this, I wanted to take a little gander. So if they just rejected the ballot language for defending the police over there in Minneapolis, which I think is a great thing because they're going to find out which I don't know how they don't know this. How am I? I'm telling you, maybe it's just because I just don't really care and I'm just trying to seek what's going on and I'm not trying to get elected in anything. Like these guys, they clearly care. These gals, they care about staying in office and all that kind of shit. I don't really know why. You can get paid doing much, much other better things, not having to worry about people hating you so much. 
So I wanted to go look. What are the crime rates in Minnesota since they're, they're pushing so hard to literally get rid of the police there? So I was like, man, let's type in and let's go look. This is as of July 27th of 2021. So about a month and a half ago. Violent crime has surged 17%, 17% across Minnesota this last year, including a record number of murders. Yes, this is right. I'm not making this up. This is all online for you guys to see. Minnesota recorded 185 murders in 2020, and it's up 58% from 117 in 2019. That broke the record of 183 set in 95. Yes, 25 years. It's up. It's, it broke its record. The report said 75% of the state's murders last year were committed with guns up from 69% in 2019. The Hobbit side clearance rate was 65% of the cases results in arrest in line with 64% in 2019, but below the closure rates of 2016 and 2018. There has been a 54% increase in arsons. Yes. Motor vehicle thefts have rose nearly 20% to almost 13. It's 13,662, the most since 2005, amid a surge in carjackings. Bias crimes hit the number highest in 15 years with 223 incidents reporting, and 41 were motivated by bias against black people. The value of property stolen would jump nearly 55% to $216 million. That is wild. With a big increase in thefts of food, grooming products, cash, and vehicles. That right there says a lot. The Democrats are super, super, super weak on crime. Super weak. Like, extremely weak. I don't understand why anybody would want to live in a democratically held city when they're so weak on crime. It just, it make that to me makes no sense. You're putting your family at risk. You're putting yourself at risk. Like, why would you want to live there? Is that a reason why a lot of these people are leaving California and coming to these more red states because we're really tough on crime? Like we we are. Texas is tough on crime. Everybody carries guns here for the most part. There's not like a tremendous amount of crime compared to this. This is wild to me. We don't go around screaming to fund the police in, in these more red areas like Florida, Texas, all these areas down here. We They just don't do it. But you look across these, I bet you I could type in, especially Chicago. I just talked about that yesterday. But if you if I were to go through on every episode and I just looked at every major city in America, every one of them. I bet you violent crime has surged or increased during these defund the police movements. You, they paint the police as bad people and they're, they're bad. It just, it's terrible for, for these kids that are being raised because they're going to look and have the perception that cops are bad out the gate when in fact they're not. They're really not. If you take the uniform off the person, you see them on the street, you don't even know they're cops. You wouldn't say anything to them. It doesn't matter. But right when they put their uniform on, apparently they become terrible, terrible people. I, I, I can't stand it, but there you go. Violent crime is surging across Minnesota at record numbers while they try to defund the police literally as we speak right now. This was published 13 hours ago. So I feel bad for you guys living in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, who are listening to this, who are having to deal with that shithole. I mean, you, the thing is, as I say this, I don't know if most of those people even listen to this podcast, but I'm just saying it kind of sucks because you voted men in power. That's, that's all on you. And this, this, this next thing kind of chaps me a little bit the wrong way. And I know there's nothing we can do about it whatsoever. It, it's not going to, it's not going to change. You can have tons of riots or you can try to get signatures and shit. It's not going to happen. The Pentagon has now asked the public for suggestions on renaming bases that honor Confederate soldiers. Did a little bit of research on this. Uh, I think one of the three was, uh, didn't, didn't, he didn't transfer to the, the U S afterwards or U S military after the civil war, but like, Fort Bragg, for instance, Fort Benning. It's Fort Bragg, Fort uh, Fort Benning, and Fort Hood. If you guys do not know this, Fort Hood is, I believe, the largest base in the United States. Uh, then Fort Benning is the largest training base. And Fort Bragg is where all special operations and airborne. And, and just there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, I, I don't really know why they're wanting to. They're, they're changing them because they're racist, which got me to think, oh, my God, here we go again. 
I don't know why, why are they, it, how is this racist? There's nothing racist about this. This is history. This, all this is, is history. These guys, they were in the 1800s for God's sakes, different mindset back then. It, it is what it is. I mean, it's, some of the shit's terrible, but it just, it, it's history. This is all history. You learn from history. You don't fucking erase history. You don't go down and tear down a statue that was from the 1800s or you don't, you don't fucking smash a, a wall. I don't I, like it's history. It's there to be learned from. You learn from your mistakes. But these guys right here, this is Fort Bagged, Fort Benning, and, and Fort Hood. I don't understand why they're doing this. It's kind of goofy to me, but I, I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna change it no matter no matter what. Everybody that went to Fort Benning, it's been around since I think it was uh, pre World War One. It was based. It's been a training base since pre war. I think it was pre World War One. Huge deal and World War Two. Along all these were all these were so uh, Fort Hood may, played a major role, I believe, in Vietnam War. Don't quote me. I didn't do any research on that, but I'm, I'm fairly confident that unit that was, you see them a lot. The Cavalry Scout unit, I th- I'm pretty positive uh, a lot of that came out of Fort Hood. Unless they were at a different base prior. I don't know because I didn't do any research. Just spitting, spitting off, 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 off hand there or off, off my, whatever. Anyway, move on to the next one. I want to let you guys know that removing urban highways can improve neighborhoods and it's uh, blinded by decades of racist policies. Yes, that is right. Roads are becoming racist, extremely racist. Everything is racist. There's racist infrastructure in our roadways. I'm not making this up. I read this entire piece because I was really trying to find it. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it really doesn't. I, 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 I don't know. The only thing I could take was, it was basically saying that you have certain ethnic groups that live in certain areas of cities. And all these roads feed in and out. And I guess, but I'm, there's not one city in America that I can think of. When I got to the end of this, my conclusion was there's not a single city in America that has doesn't have transportation to or can't get to access to a highway. That doesn't really make any sense. What are you talking about? But that's pretty much what this says. You have to dismantle racist infrastructure in the roadways. And I good. That was posted yesterday. So as of yesterday, roads have now became racist. And if you guys did not know, the next on the chopping block is uh, Balenciaga. They're on the chopping block for sagging pants. They apparently are selling pants for $1,200 that sag, I guess. They're called sagging sweatpants with fake boxer briefs. There you go for $1,200. I don't know. I really don't get it. But I read read through this because I thought it was kind of, I, I think people just have nothing going on in their life. So they have to scream and about pants. Pants, roadways are racist. And then I found another one that's plants and animals are racist as well. Um, yes, this is another one that was posted as well. I don't know where I found this stuff, but I'm glad I did because it's kind of entertaining in a sense because it just doesn't make any fucking sense. So I, I read through this one as much as I could. It was really boring. So I saved you guys a lot of that, but uh, they're changing the name of a moth. That is right. The gypsy moth. That's racist. Yes. A gypsy moth. The name is changing. And just so everybody's aware, you cannot call somebody a gypsy. So it got to me thinking, man, I thought gypsy meant like wanderer or traveler. So I typed in gypsy definition because that's what I thought. So I typed this in and it says, sometimes it's offensive. This is actually in the Merriam-Webster. It originated in Northern India and I don't, I don't know. It, it just says somewhat offensive to these people in Northern India. And to me, I, I, I didn't even knew it was Indian. What I know is what it actually is. Uh, a person who resembles a gypsy. It's a wanderer who roams from place to place. So when you call a moth a gypsy moth, wouldn't that just mean that it's a moth that travels from place to place? In Afghanistan, we call them gypsy camps. We'd see them all over the place. They were the nomads. That's a group in Afghanistan that literally traveled from place to place in these these huge gypsy camps. Literally, they'd just be tents. And they'd pack up and they'd move and they'd walk and they'd, they'd literally it. They'd just live on the ground. So, huh, 
there you go. You guys that don't know, birds, plants, animals are now considered racist as well. I don't know what's going to be racist next. My iPhone. My iPhone, my iPhone is definitely. You guys that don't know, the final thing of the day, which I found kind of funny and ironic, is CNN spent the majority of the summer below 1 million viewers. Did you guys know that? I did not know this. So there are YouTubers on YouTube right now currently, uh, many of them, many, 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 who are... Uh, gaining way more views in a single day than CNN is. CNN only getting 603,000 total viewership is a 42% decrease since the summer of 2020. That goes on. I thought it was funny to put it in the very end of this because this podcast is about speaking the truth. And the ironic thing about it is, is I believe if I, my, myself, like I'm not kidding. uh, Last year, I was getting much more than 603,000 viewership total in a day at times, just depending if I was uploading and what the videos were. And I have buddies that get way more than that each video, for God's sake. You know, I got buddies that do over a million views. So does that just mean people are just kind of going away? So I did a little bit of research. I wanted to know, oh my God, why are they going away from, what's the, what's the reasoning? Let's, let's find an unbiased reason here. Of a 92-day period, CNN failed to reach a 1 million viewers on 53 of them. So 58% of the summer, they didn't get it. And this, these, are, these are true. These are from Nielsen data. And uh, the network averaged 603 in total daily, staggering 42% from, from last summer. CNN's primetime lineup. Oh, man. They want a whopping 80 of 92 days below 1 million viewers. Pretty wild. I don't know if it has to do with the whole Cuomo thing, how they got destroyed. But they actually just got, they got, oh, yeah, it does. It says it right here, right here. CNN's most watched show on average a 948,000 viewers in June while Chris Cuomo was on air, and then they had a 50% decrease from 1.9 million viewers from a year ago. That's how much he averaged last year. So I think it has a little bit to do with the whole Chris Cuomo thing, and that's, that's kind of nuts. Hannity, it says right here, this is within the same report, Hannity gets 2.8 million viewers, and MSNBC's Rachel Maddow gets 2.2 million. That's, that's nuts. So there you go. I know a lot of you guys wanted to uh, to know. Oh, and it does say here that Anderson Cooper trailed with only 914,000. So you're, you're talking all these people on CNN. They were huge, massive, mega people. I don't know if people are just starting to go away from them. I don't I don't really care, to be honest with you, but it is kind of nuts. Oh, my God. Tucker Carlson. I didn't realize he got, he got 3.1 million is his average. Jeez Louise. That's wild. Don Lemon. Yeah, 751,000. This is kind of interesting because they used to have 1.6 million last year. I would be very nervous if I was CNN because their advertising dollar budget and everything must be just going tanky. But anyway, there we go. I just wanted to throw that out there at the very end of the day, very end of this podcast. I hope you guys have a great, fantastic week. Hope you were doing big things with your life. This is the 8th of September. Tomorrow is the 9th. I will see you. I don't know why I had to tell you that because you clearly know it because that's what comes after the 8th. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I will see you guys on a later note. I do love you guys. And uh, I usually say this roll that sweet second. We don't have one because it's a podcast. I'll see you guys.